What's going on, everybody? Coming to you uh, live August 28th, all the way in Pagosa Springs. You could be out in Texas. You could be in New York. I got people listening all the way in Rhode Island. I uh, Hopefully, uh, some of my friends in Mexico still listen to what I'm talking about. So I did my 30-day challenge in Colorado Springs. And um, there was a detour in the plans that I had. I'm, I'm here, sitting here with my Uncle Santos. I'll introduce you to him in a second. And there was, a, there was a detour in plans. I was going to come here, visit, and then head back to Colorado, then head back to L.A. But I ended up keeping my word. And I know I talk about a lot, a lot. When you say you're going to do something, you make it happen. And there was a moment, Uncle Santos, where we were on the phone. And I go, yeah, we're going to go over there. And you go, yeah, you said that last time. And I was like, you know what? I have no plan. I, the plans have fallen through. But I'm going to go there and get here and get out of here. <laughs> so I made it happen. And so I've been here for two weeks um, here in, in Pagosa Springs. Actually, we're not in Pagosa Springs. We are in, where are we at on Santos? Is that how you come up the stairs? Aspen Springs. Aspen Springs is where we're at. So that's where his home is. And we're gonna focus a lot this conversation about like being master of your territory. I'm gonna talk to Uncle Santos about what's going on out here and let you get to know him a little bit. So, Uncle Santos, thank you for being here on my podcast, and thank you for having me as a guest here in Aspen Springs at your home. Tell, tell, tell the people, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell them a little about yourself and, um, and, and what's going on with you. My name is Santos Luis Ocañas. I'm 70 years old. I've been living here in Pagosa. Been coming here since 2013. Originally from um, Ralphstown, Texas, then a little bit of time in Danavang, Texas. So where were you? I'm a retired. You, huh? you, you said you were born in Ralphstown? No, I, I was raised there. You were raised in Ralphstown? Yeah. And then you moved to Danavang. Yeah. Okay. And how long were you in Danavang? I guess uh, 10 years. 10 years in Danavang. Mm -hmm. That's it? Maybe From like 10 to 20 may, years may, old? Maybe 11 years old, but maybe 11 years. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I felt like you, I felt like you like grew up there. Huh. You know, part of my life was in, in Robstown. And really? Mm -hmm. What was the, what's the major difference you feel like between, do, uh, you know I mean? You're much younger, obviously, in Robstown. What do you feel more connected to? Or where do you feel more connected to? As a, in your memory as a child? Uh, both. Both places? Both places. Because of because of family. Uh-huh. We're very close to the Okinnises in Robstown and also in Danavang. Hmm. Danavang, Texas, which is about 75 miles or 80 miles southwest of Houston. Yeah. A farming community. Yeah. I think it's really amazing when I think about it that I, I, me and my little brother Lil Sig are probably the last ones of our gen, of the generation through the Okinus bloodline to be out in the cotton fields. I think we were the last for the last ones to do it. And you were out there in the cotton fields of Danavang from Robstown too. Rubstown? Yes, it's uh, six years old. Yeah, and I was out there. They, t they started taking me out there around eleven. Mm -hmm. Instead of going out there around 11 years old, I would chop cotton with him. I forget his name right now, but an old man. He didn't speak any English. So 
but we would we would just walk, just him and I, back and forth, back and forth, have our lunch. My lunch my lunch usually consisted of a soda and uh, some sort of sandwich that was that was given to me by because I when I went to the fields I usually stayed at the Eleni's house. Mm-hmm. What would y'all have for lunch out there? We had uh, tacos. The frijoles, the papas, the pollo, sometimes fried chicken. Fried with, chicken? Uh, sweet tea, yeah. My mom would Dang. make it. And uh, she prepared, she'd get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, prepare everything for lunch. And we would eat the lunch under a cotton trailer. Uh-huh. Uh, and she'd pass out the tacos and whatever other food there was. When, when, you, were in the, when you were in the fields, and when I would go at times, do, do you recall moments of fun stomping cotton? Not stomping, throwing the uh, cotton balls at each other. Yeah. We used to have fun flipping in the cages. Mm-hmm. We used to, they, I guess they, they, figured, they figured out a way to bring the kids out and just jump in the cotton and stomp it all the way down. Yeah. I stomped cotton. I think that was the first job I ever had. Mm-hmm. Stomping cotton. Mm-hmm. So, but you, you, you remember anything like that? Like we, we might have. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. And so, you left Danavang, and where'd you go from Danavang? Marine Corps. Within four years, got out. Lived in Houston for 29 years. After a year of coming back, then went, lived in San Antonio for almost 20 years. And I traveled all over the place. I just didn't stay in one place. And now I'm here. And in Aspen Springs. It's beautiful, man. It's a beautiful It's a beautiful piece of paradise. On this on this rock that we're spinning on in the galaxy, man. It's it's so and I know we can't get into all the stories of your world, but I know you backpacked to Europe. You've traveled, you have traveled many places and been gone. You've been to El Salvador. Where else have you been? What are the countries you've been Guatemala, Honduras, Belize, Mexico, of course. Yeah. And uh, of course, through uh, Europe, from Turkey, Greece, Italy, Spain, Sardinia, Crete, Rhodes, France, (laughs) Belgium, England, Ireland. Dude, see, I'm telling you, those are, Spain, yeah. those are chapters. Those are all chapters of a book mm-hmm. that you need to write that people can read about your journey through it. And now you're here. Now you're here deep in the mountains. What what was it about the mountains that called you here? Probably the from the movies that I saw as a kid. Anyone in particular? Or any? Uh, Shannon... Uh, what was it? How the West was won with Spencer Tracy, Gergi Peck. Or oh, Spencer Tracy was the narrator. Um, basically, movies like that, you know, watching TV shows, Rifleman, Bonanza, and uh, reading about it, reading stories by uh, what's, what's the, um, the Western uh, writer? Zane, Zane Gray. Oh. Zane, Zane Gray? Gray? Yeah. yeah. He writes Western. Well, he wrote Western's Ages ago. 
and um, and I just like hiking. I like canoeing. I like rafting. And I like the but, solitude. But there's, there, yeah, okay, there we go, right there, the solitude. Because it is very, it is a very, I mean, I told, I, we had a talk today about ego, and I was thinking about, man, you're living up there, and you're dealing with yourself a lot of the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, the conversation you have is with yourself most of the day. Right. Besides coming here, coming to work, whatever. Mm -hmm. Is that more, because you said, you said the word like a lot. You said, I like to do this, I like to do that. But is the solitude is what you love about the mountain? That's part of it. It's part of it? Because I, I like people, I like to be around people. Um, that's only one of the reasons I work, um, because I'm around people. But, you're around but I like my, my solitude. But, okay, but on a, on a deeper level, on, on a spiritual level, with where it's at. Mm -hmm. What is it that keeps you here on the mountain compared to going back to like Texas or civilization? I'm not, I'm, yeah. we're, there's no civil, I mean, but those are there's civilization. But what keeps you up in the mountain and where the world out there is not calling you? What, what's hold, what's keeping you there? Not well, holding you there. Well, one there. of the main things is, is the weather. I, I love the weather, but I like the idea that I have my own place. It's paid for. I'm building on it. I'm. Um, I will be cultivating uh, my my green in my greenhouse soon. And uh, but basically, I have my own place, and uh, we've always had our own place uh, in the family. So it's just you know part of my life. And no mortgage, no car payment. So. It's, I'm living free. Free. Yeah. That's that's uh. I got the freedom to do whatever I want. And that that falls into what I'd learned in a course that I'd taken. We use the term mastering your territory, right? With you with you doing that, with you mastered, like I like I'm using that term mm -hmm. with your land, mm -hmm. with your home, with everything. Is there anything else you feel like? You're, you're in the future going to want to add to your life, like you talked about the greenhouse, you talked about that. Is there anything else that's kind of pulling at your heart in, in these days that you have these conversations with yourself? Because I know you talked about you want to go to Quebec, you want to go see the East Coast of America. Well, basically, uh, I think travel is one of the things that I'm, I'm going to do because I have the freedom and I have something to come to whenever I'm done, right? Um, When you get older, you don't really expect many things. At least, it's like an old person for Christmas or for their birthday. They've had everything, so what do you give them? You, know, you give them love, right? So, uh, I think, you know, living here by myself, I feel that um, I'm giving love to the land, and I hope that, you know, my descendants will appreciate it. And so, just like I appreciated my great-grandfather's and my grandfather's, you know, land. That was a big thing for me. It was a, it was a big experience as a young kid when I first moved to Danavang. And I saw my abuelito 
you know, be self-sufficient. They they rarely went to the store for sugar, flour, and, and coffee maybe, but everything else was, was there for them. Milk, meats, vegetables, any kind of grain. Well, that's that's very different from being out here, right? But they had cows and yes. chickens and all that. I, I told you I had the experience when I, when I saw your place. When I walked in, I felt like I was walking into your your grandmother's home, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, did you feel when you created the house that you were that? memory or nostalgia came from what you've seen in Danavang and bringing it here? Or do you feel like you didn't even, you didn't even think about that? Or was that not even on your mind? When it was going well, on? I had, uh, it started with uh, my grandfather building our house in 1958. And I remember seeing him um, go from the foundation to, you know, to the finished product. And so I, I had no, no experience in carpentry, and I thought I can do it, you know. And I built two cabins before this one here. And as I was building, the image of the house that we lived in came more into mind because it was small, and it was in a wide open space. As a kid, you could look to the north, south, east, west, and you see nothing but the plains, you know, coastal plains, right? So that's what I like. I mean, I'm, I was used, I was right, brought up that way, and I'm living that way. So. Yeah. So you're, you're. I think that that's what I really admire, and I'm, I'm really taken with me, like in the heart, like. It, it, me as a kid, I grew up in the projects, right? I grew up in the projects where it was like the neighbor was right here, you know You know what I mean? I didn't have that wide open view until I moved to Danavang later on in life. Mm -hmm. But as a kid, it was stacked. Everybody was kind of, you gotta deal with the people on your left, you gotta deal with the people on your right. And where you're at, it's like, the even the people that are around you were so welcoming to you. How has that, how, what, how has that experience been? Meeting, meeting like, you're 70 years old, so how many years have you been here again? Since 2013, I've been coming over 2013, so all these years, you're cultivating relationships with these people. Have you found, have you found, like, do you feel like you found your community of folks? Yeah, I, yeah. I sure. And it's, it's not only because they accept me, but I accept them. Mm -hmm. And anybody who comes out here and lives in the wild, off-grid, you have to appreciate them because they want to get away from the, you know, the city life, the, the bills, the traffic, and they want to create, you know, mushroom farms yeah. or raise alpacas. So, <laughs> alpacas. you know, uh, so you, you, you appreciate people who are taking a risk. Yeah. And I've always been willing to take risks. I think that you, Uncle David, Uncle Hilbert, are ones that I've, I've been able to witness take risks, leaving where they're from, leaving the community they're from, and building 
communities other places. Mm. Like for me, like with, with the community that I've built, right? In the theater world, in the acting world, of the actors that I know and performers that I know. And, um, even the, the area of, of LA, Northeast LA, East LA, within that area. I gotta I got say like, man, you, you guys kind of paved the way for that, for me to get out there and take that risk to walk outside and take the risk. I also got to give shout out to my mom because when I was in LA at one time, my mom was like, you got to get out there and take the risk. You got to walk outside. You got to go, you got to go see what's going on out there. And well, that's, that's uh, something that's hereditary in, in us, but also in other people because it started with, of course, with our ancestors that, come, that came across the ocean back in the, you know, 1500s. And then um, living in Mexico, our great-grandfather, mine, right, um, came to the U.S. in 1909, August 29th. Actually, in two days, it'll be... Tomorrow? Yeah. No, today's the 27th. Oh, that's right. I thought today was tomorrow. Okay. So, um, it's been over, what, uh, 113 years. It'll be 113 years. So, he took a risk living, leaving his family. And then... Abuelito, my grandfather, also took a risk when he left Robstown to go to Danavang. And then uh, following his job, he took us all over South Texas. We traveled all over, so we were known, we, were, we experienced taking risks and always establishing ourselves and then heading back to Danavang. So when I went into the service, that was a risk, you know. And when I got out, went to Houston, and then traveled, just take, taking risks. Most of them were good. So, <laughs> yes. I, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, all, oh, yeah. all, all I, of us, I, all of us have taken risks like that. All, we've, I've been to other countries, I've been everywhere. And, and, it, and it's funny that, it, 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 isn't it interesting that you take, wherever you're going, you go, you're taking you. You, you are home. Here's, here's something that I learned about being here. Is that no matter where you're at, you are home. You know, people spend a lot of time trying to find a wife to be a home. People spend a lot of time wanting to build their home wherever it is and spend a bunch of money in their home. But it really takes, it really takes a deep thought to get to the point where it's like, to understand, yo, I'm home. You know, I'm at home. Mm -hmm. I, I think the greatest blessing that I realized too, walking out of your home and seeing where, where it is, every time I open the door, it's like, I'm always, every time I open the door, wherever I'm at, I'm kind of always witnessing the most beautiful place ever. Whether it's in LA in the hood, LA in the, LA in the in, you know, in the valley or wherever, and here it's like the same thing. And, and that, did, did, you, did you feel that? Or here's, I'm gonna rewind. What I, what I was trying to say was, isn't it interesting that we always take ourselves as home to these places, but then we come back with so much more information that grows our home mentally? Did you, did you ever feel, did you feel that? Like when you go travel and take those risks, when you come back to what you're saying is home, it, it has expanded in some way or another? 
well, I don't know if I've seen it that way, but I've seen it to where home is, is family, right? So I, I carry my family with me all the time, whether it's my, my parents or my son and my grandkids or you or my, you know, my cousins, whether they're second or third or fourth or fifth cousins, I carry them with me. And um, so since they're always around me, I'm always at home, you know. So I'm, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never lonely with my, for my family because they're they're with me already. No, that, that's beautiful. I feel that way too at times, and it's very poetic. You hear that in movies too. Like there's always that moment of, oh, I wish I could have been there, and they were like, oh, you're always here in my heart. You know, I carry you with me. But I, I feel I feel that too in some way. But, at times, but I, mean, I also uh, feel like when I return, because right now LA has been home for me for many, many years right now. And right. Every time I return, I'm bringing, I feel like I'm bringing so much, so much newness to the conversation with everybody around me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I feel like with travel and this and exploration with that. Yeah, like, like Mark Twain said, he said, that travel is the enemy of ignorance. So, you know, not, not that you go out there ignorant, but you learn so much mm. and, you bring, and you bring it back, right? Yeah. And Rumi, Rumi said, travel, to travel is to bring back love and patience mm -hmm. into your life when you travel and you go see things. You know, we started this talk, we started this out about like, you know, mastering your territory, owning, you would talk about owning your land, owning what you have, owning everything. At what point in your life do you feel like you mastered your 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 thought process? At what point in your life do you think you were like the conversation of doubt is over? Because it, it seems like there's no doubt in your life right now. I don't see doubt. For me, I, I live in a space where like fuck how. Sometimes I think, because after the pandemic, I told you, and everybody knows this, I went through the deepest, darkest depression, even more than you even know. I couldn't move out of bed for three days. I couldn't, I couldn't move. I laid there to the point where I'm throwing up all the time, right? It was just a deep, dark place. And the doubt. And up here, when I was, when I was working, when I was working the land up here, I had that conversation. I kept telling myself, "Don't. There's no more. There's no more room for doubt anymore. There's no more room for any kind of doubt. You got to keep going." And I think that's what I tried to talk to you about earlier. Is like I had the spiritual awakening of the doubt is over. In the in the mountain, I had that conversation with the universe. You can no longer doubt what you're about to do. You got to do it and make the decision. Whatever you're going to make, the right decision at the time. Did you ever have a moment like that where the doubt is over? I know you're, or, oh, yes. or are you at a place where yes. doubt is over? No, well, my first uh, experience, which I told you uh, about when I had this epiphany about, you know, your, your grandma, where I was in my 30, 33, uh, and I was going nowhere. And so when I, when I had the epiphany of, of and if she can make, make it raising 12 kids, I can at least, you know, raise one, right, which is myself. Um, and so my life changed after that. Now, do, is, yeah, there's doubt, like, 
I gotta put up a roof on the deck. I have, you know, I have doubts, okay, but but I but I'm gonna do it. it so it, like like they say, you know, the, the what did uh, was it Roosevelt? The only thing we have to fear is fear ourselves, right? So, um, so I, I'm overcoming that fear because I've done it before, but just because I did it again, I did it once. I gotta do it again. I know it's gonna be done, but that's where that's where the little doubts come. Those are, my, but as far as but my, where my life is going, I have no doubts. Just the little obstacles that you know, that you have in front of you. you know. What about what? What do you? What about death? Where, where are you at with that? Where Where do you feel like? Is this where you want to take your last breath in the mountains? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean. It may be in Texas, it may be somewhere else in my travels. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I think about that. I think about that often because, you know, I've been exiled from Texas for, for the past five years now. And I, and I, and I, think, I think that about that, like, what will be my, when I, when I took my first breath, it was the Gulf Coast out of Houston. And where will it be when I take my last breath? Will it be the Pacific Ocean? Will it be the mountains of Colorado? Will it be the Gulf Coast? I wonder that. I wonder about that at times. Not often. I try not to dwell on death. But I read a lot of Marcus Aurelius, and he always says, you know, death is at your elbow. Stop pretending that you're going to live for a thousand years. Yeah. Don't pretend you're gonna live for a thousand years because not and that feeds into this moment of when I came out here, you know, when I came, it was like, I thought that you're not gonna live for a thousand years. Break this, get out of here, get to this fucking mountain, get to this mountain and see what's going on. And get to this moment. I've been thinking about this moment since I've been here, sitting with you and asking you, like, what the hell is going on with the on the mountain? <laughs> and Gabby just Gabby who's part of Lone Star Entertainment just sent me a song that's what I was laughing earlier go tell it on the mountain go tell it on the gospel song well you wrote a book Balvin James Balvin wrote a book that wrote that book go oh tell really? it to the mountain yeah go I mean it, uh, the title is not his but uh, oh, okay. that's from I don't know where that's from it's a gospel song it's a gospel song it's a so, gospel song go tell it on the mountain yeah Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this has been, man. And yeah, you can go talk you. to the mountains. Yeah, and, th- and thank you, thank you, Los Santos. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to come tell it on the mountain because mm-hmm. I think that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, what you don't and what the audience knows and whatever you know, I've had these conversations that a lot of my family doesn't know how dark how dark it got for me coming out of the pandemic in the years that came after that in the year, you know, nobody knows how dark it got. It got super dark to the point, and, and getting to the mountain, getting to Colorado, being a part of the Pacific Ocean, man, I'm just like, I feel like I'm in the best of both worlds right now. So I greatly appreciate you for that. You know, okay. Well, thank you for the interview. Yeah. So that's it, y'all. We had that conversation, and um, this ain't the challenge, but uh, I will say that the walk 
the walk, the experience, and everything that's been going on has been um, really beautiful. And for some reason, every time I'm in these mountains, man, my allergies act up and my throat gets raspy, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> but take care of yourself. See if I can remember this, because I usually have it written down somewhere. Take care of yourself. Don't get sick out there. My mom got COVID again. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for all the bullshit. Forgive those that have done and didn't know better. And have done things unto you. Love yourself. Give yourself a break. And love all those around you because you know that they need it. Alright, I am going to highlight you later on. And I'm back in LA tomorrow. Peace.